0: The Dane and Derek Show is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Dane and Derek Show, a podcast where two nerdy friends keep in touch and shoot the shit. I'm Derek Ayello, a writer, director, and avid tabletop RPG player, and with me, as always, is my good friend. Dane Fogdahl. Hey, I'm Dane. I'm a writer, musician, podcaster, and lover of tabletop RPGs. This week, we're going to be talking about the the quandary of absolute power, sometimes also known as the omnipotence paradox. There we go. I could not remember what that was for the life of me. But before we get into that, let's talk about our qualifications on philosophy. Uh, (laughs) I can go first. Yeah, go for it. Uh, (laughs) I took one philosophy course in college, uh, the professor told me, uh, if I continued to fall asleep in uh, his class that I would never succeed at anything. And then I promptly wrote a paper on how free will is a lie and, uh, promptly, uh, got to be in the course somehow after mm-hmm. failing pretty much every exam. Um, I don't know how I did it, uh, I don't know, but yeah, uh, I survived that.
1: And uh, sometimes I read Plato for fun. What about you? What are your qualifications on philosophy? I also took a single philosophy course in college. Um, I hated the functions around the class, like I hated the tests and like the homework and stuff. But I loved arguing. I loved that it was just an hour or two every couple of days that I just got to argue with everybody and not not have it be a big deal um and there are there is some philosophy that kind of drives me up the wall like i don't like some some thought experiments are fun and i like really practical philosophy and i like sort of like reading how do you explain like well written philosophy but like The thing that like gets me and why I couldn't go much, like I couldn't be like, Oh, I'll just take the 201 because why the hell not was like the people who were like, we might be brains and vats, dude. What then? What then? And I'm like, it doesn't fucking matter. If we're all brains and vats, well, we can't goddamn live like it. So who cares? You know, that never, that never did anything for me. But like the idea of like trying to figure out things like right and wrong had way more
0: yeah like,
1: you know yeah what killed it for me is sort
0: of when you mix science with philosophy and like socioeconomic status mm-hmm. it just it gets real racist real quick and I was just kind of like Ugh, I don't want to hear that because I mean like it's like one of those things where it's like yeah like I guess it makes sense but also at the same time like that's a really horrible thing to teach people that that based on who their parents are, they will either succeed or fail at life. Like, I I think that that's like a really, that's a really definitive answer in philosophy. And I just feel like philosophy is not designed to be
1: definitive. No, (laughs) no, I, yeah, it can get real messy. And honestly, I think that philosophy is a really broad term, but what we think of as philosophy is really narrow. I think some of the best philosophy actually exists not from academic philosophy, if that mm. makes sense. Okay. I think, like, okay, I think, to- let's use Tolkien because you and I both have read a significant amount of Tolkien and uh-huh. uh I've, you know, we talk about Lord of the Rings and that a lot. Uh, Tolkien has a distinct philosophy that is well discussed in the Lord of the Rings in particular. Um, and I think that it's actually a re a better way of articulating it than the actual academic, um, analogs Tolkien basically subscribes to the belief. And it's a Christian based belief that, um, it's the fall from garden of Eden, essentially the whole idea that like, we are lesser than what came before um essentially like in the bible humans live like 500 years you know and we Mm. don't anymore and that is because we have fallen from grace and it's continually like just kind of getting worse in that sense um but his belief is that is paired with his idea that regardless of that there are moments of grace that people can like uh rise above regardless Uh. of the fact that like things are not as good as they once were that does not make life not worth living it means that the moments of grace are all the more spectacular for the fact that we are fallen if that makes sense gotcha i don't necessarily agree with this but like the 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 example of it is like if you look at his books in the silmarillion which is like the prequel to lord of the rings i don't no for simplification but just you know amazing heroes did amazing things and by the end of the lord of the rings it's two little farmer people hobbits that save the world right like but because there were and that's because there was no one left who could actually do the great thing anymore right the fact that it was done anyways by the the smallest of all folk is that much more amazing in tolkien's eyes right That's a philosophy. That's a philosophy. I think lots and lots of things have philosophies and that we should examine them more that way. I think it's cool. I think it's fun. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: like, look at any Linklater
1: film. Yeah. They're basically
0: just philosophies laid out or, you know, like, I, I just watched Slacker for the first time. And that's a film chock full of philosophies of just life and living and people and time
1: and our perception of time, you know? Yeah. And I also think that things that don't mean to have a philosophy end up having a philosophy, which is why I actually think it's really important that, like, as a creator, you take the time to think about what you're saying. Like, here's an unintentional um, philosophy and, like, belief system of, like, superhero stories, typically, typically. Um, what are the heroes always fighting for? Uh, to save the world, truth, justice, and the American way. Well, that's a philosophy that's also in there. That one's a little more conscious. They're always right. fighting for the status quo. Oh uh, yeah, they're always fighting to put things back the way they were, without ever acknowledging that perhaps the way things were was also not good, right? Huh? It's it's a it's a tacit, quiet, uh, acknowledgement that perhaps that that the way things are is inherently good oh that's a little weird isn't it isn't it a little weird it's like a little nazis ish like <laughs> it's a little it's it's, it's then, on the fringe <laughs> it's it has a, a slightly negative connotation especially yeah. because of the era in which most of our popular ser- superhero comics were created yeah right oh dear yeah like yeah superman does fight for the truth justice in the american way what was that American way in the 1930s? Let's have a talk, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> there's questions there, right? And right, to be fair, yeah. that does not like demonize them. It's just a baseline, right? Like like something that's like, like you could argue, and this is like putting a lot of like philosophical and political spin because politics is in some ways the application of philosophy. Think about Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne has apparently infinite money, and he uses it to beat the hell out of criminals. Right? Yeah. He doesn't use it to help there be... Because like, Bruce Wayne has satellites and rockets and stuff. Right. He could probably feed everyone in Gotham right and then they might not need to do crimes you know <laughs> like it's it, but that doesn't make a fun story right like there's there's these there's these issues with it right of course so yeah i i like philosophy a lot i really spend a, i spend a lot of time thinking about these things um but i would not go so far as to call myself having studied it in any stretch of the imagination. But anyways, icebreaker over um, <laughs> <laughs> 10 minutes in. Uh, that's been a theme of these last few episodes, hasn't it? It really has. But yeah, go ahead and introduce the topic. Cause this was
0: something you wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah. So the omnipotence paradox is a, like a really common um, philosophical problem. It comes from the philosophy of religion specifically. And so the word omnipotent means all powerful, and the best or like the most um, well-known version of the omnipotence paradox is could God create a stone so heavy that even he could not lift it, right? There are variations you've probably heard. Could God make a sandwich so big that even he couldn't finish it, right? Like all of these basic ideas, right? It's the idea that omnipotence means you are all powerful, meaning you can make anything happen. So, the paradox comes in is, shouldn't you be able to make a thing that even you can't do? But if you can't do something, therefore, you're no longer omnipotent. So, what happens there? I mean, honestly, it sounds like every supervillain's
0: problem. Kind of. Yeah. like They're like, I am all powerful, and then that's when the Hulk smashes them. Spoilers mm-hmm. for Avengers One, if you haven't seen it by now. <laughs> wow,
1: what a world you're living in! If you haven't seen that movie yet,
0: yeah, or watched Loki, because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> uh, not really, but um, yeah, no, I I think that that's such an interesting idea, like creating something. I mean, so unthinkably powerful that um, that even you can't wield it uh or or do something with it right i think that i mean my mind my mind immediately jumps to the atom bomb Mm -hmm. like that is something significantly more powerful but that's the thing right it's like it's like they weren't gods right um right but in a sense they created something so unmanageably powerful that what do you do um it's a weapon so powerful you can't actually use it. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, hence the Cold War uh, <laughs> yep. um, and a lot of other awful things that happened. Um, but, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, 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 that is a conundrum because, I mean,
1: unless God really there wanted are, to get his gains in. <laughs> yeah. There are answers to this question. Okay. So there are proposed answers. Okay. Again, the whole thing with philosophy, of course, being that there aren't really answers. It's just an endless discussion about things, which is why I think a lot of people find it frustrating when it's it's formalized in this way. Like this is a very formal way of talking about philosophy as opposed to just sort of taking philosophy to mean that like this is a sort of – set of beliefs it's a way of thinking right that can be changed or is um questionable right uh-huh uh so one answer is that omnipotence potence uh doesn't mean that you're actually breaking any laws of logic if that makes sense okay it's basically a slight change in the definition of omnipotence means that it doesn't mean that like an omnipotent being couldn't do anything at can do anything at all but rather that omnipotence means that anything can be done that is possible according to the nature of existence okay if that makes sense so the idea is that like a stone no matter how heavy with enough force exerted upon it could be lifted there is no such thing as an unliftable stone right okay Like that, that's not a thing in real life. We've never, that, that doesn't exist. That's not a thing that's possible, right? Because even if there's nothing actually in the universe that could lift such a thing, there is a, uh, there is an amount of force that could be exerted upon it to be lifted, right? Mm. Like mathematically, you could find that number, even if that number is so high that nothing in the universe can generate it. Because then an omnipotent being could generate it, right? Gotcha. Um, so that's one answer. Um, there is the other answer, which is the paradox is meaningless, and the question doesn't matter, which is uh, like my answer to the brains and vats thing, which is just like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, um, like it doesn't, what you're arguing doesn't follow. And interestingly, uh, C.S. Lewis essentially argues that, um, and I'm going to kind of quote him a little bit here, argues that when talking about omnipotence, referencing a rock so heavy that God cannot lift it is nonsense just as much as referencing a square circle. That is not logically coherent in terms of power to think that omnipotence includes the power to do the logically impossible. So asking, can God make, create a rock so heavy that even he cannot lift it, is just as nonsense as asking, can God draw a square circle? Okay, it's It's basically the whole idea is that like, you're asking something that's like you're asking a weird childish silly question don't bother us with this gotcha it's a um, pokey question the question you use to poke people to aggravate them yes Interesting. Yes. okay um which is one um answer and then here so this question was introduced in about the 12th century is like as about as far back as we can find a record of it okay um but one could assume that people have been talking about this sort of thing for a really long time. Cause it's actually kind of a basic idea, right? Like what, what are the limits of power and that sort of thing? Right. So a new answer was come up with in about 1999 um, by a guy named Matthew Whittle, who, uh, who asserts that, and I'm just going to read this straight from, from like the page that I'm I'm, I'm reading this from because I actually think this is like really clever. And I like this answer, which is, um, Matthew Whittle asserts that it shouldn't be, po- shouldn't be outside the scope of powers for an omnipotent being to make itself non-omnipotent. So indeed, making a rock too heavy to lift is possible for God. The follow on the question, then can he lift it? assumes that the rock has already been created. So the correct answer would be, assuming he makes the rock, no. And, and if asked, is God thus all powerful? The answer, the correct answer would be, God is indeed all-powerful until such time as the rock is created. The paradox, then, is not really a paradox. The idea is that an omnipotent being could potentially stop being omnipotent, right? Interesting. I think that's like a really fascinating answer. Yeah. Because the idea is that like, yeah, he's omnipotent, and then he made a rock, and he can't lift it. Therefore, now he's not omnipotent anymore, but he was. Right, like the ability Um, to give up being omnipotent. Yes, that's what it is. Interesting, isn't that wild? Like, I, I, like, yeah. And I guess, like, a thing that, like, also, like, throws me about, like, the, all this stuff is that, like, like, wow, I love how people can, like, twist their brains around to stuff like that. Yeah, you know, and that, like, some guy in 1999,
0: like, is still it's, thinking yeah, about still thinking about someone
1: it. else. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, 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 so yeah, yeah, someone yeah. thought about like 800 years earlier, right, or 700 years earlier. Like, that's insane. Man, you know, all this talk reminds me of the movie The One starring Jet Li. Have we talked about this? I feel like we might have talked about this. I don't think we've talked. We, we might have talked about I don't know. Continue. <laughs> so the premise of The One is um, there, J- Jet Li is this villain character who's going around to alternate dimensions, killing every version of himself that exists to absorb their life energy to become the yes. one like a godlike character. And basically like the whole movie revolves around him bumping into like his LA counterpart who like is also like experiencing the same sort of like power increase. And basically Mm -hmm. like Jason Statham is running around as like, you know, parallel dimension cop trying to stop what would happen if there was just one person in existence versus multiple parallel copies. And Mm -hmm. it goes back to this idea of like, you know, are they a black hole or are they like a God by the time that they absorb all the power? Right. And it's quite a ridiculous movie. Um, Considering that like the main character is the villain, but you're supposed to sympathize and follow the hero character. Um, But it's very, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a time, but it reminds me a lot of that in the sense of like seemingly this villain character is, is all powerful because right. Like he can defeat anyone, dodge any bullet, you know, kill anyone without blinking with you know without batting an eye, but he doesn't fully ascend to having absolute power because he doesn't manage to defeat his other half like the other person mm-hmm. you know, imagining an alternate sequel where like yeah, they do become one, I mean, there is just one person um what does that mean? It's like I don't know, like it like yeah, the world might just end uh but i like I like that answer that um that you just read out. Uh, I think it, it makes it, it's yeah. Like you, like you said, it's clever, it's funny and it's, um, I don't know. It like, it's such like an interesting concept of like, yeah, you can give up being all powerful. Like, yeah, of course you can give up being all powerful. Right. Like if you're all right. powerful, you can give up being all powerful. Like, yeah. It, it, have you seen all of Loki? I have seen none of Loki. Uh, you should watch Loki just so you can get to the final episode because it's kind of related to what we're talking about. Uh, hashtag no spoilers. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I think there's there's something there uh, with this idea of like of yeah i mean i don't know like uh yeah just the idea of a of a god being able to relinquish their power is uh is interesting i think we like stories like that yeah it, you know it's like hercules right like the like disney's hercules yeah. like a disney's hercules spoilers. Yeah. At, at the end he gives up being a god you know spoilers at the end of the disney movie the happy ending happens yeah yeah um yeah he gives up being a yeah. god right and it's
1: like oh that's so cool that's that's so awesome or like um, or the way we mythologize uh George Washington stepping down yeah. from the second term of the presidency like we we make a big myth out of that putting aside all the other things about George Washington for a second just to look at one good thing he did do um
0: yeah and like yeah. Or like in sports movies, right? Where like, you know, you have the like, you know, the like the pro level coach that leaves that life to go be like a small, do a high school, do a high school. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like we love those stories of coming down from that mountain of victory, right? Because Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, there's that analogy of like, when you climb to the top of one mountain, you see another in the distance and you should go climb that mountain. but. What if you came back down from the mountain and just didn't climb that other mountain, right? Like, once you've been to the top of one mountain, like no offense to many mountains around the world, you've most likely caught a really good view. And if that's all you want, that's okay. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a humility kind of thing, this this answer. it's There's like, beauty in the valley too. Yeah, exactly. Like, it tells you that it's okay to give up sort of this because like, I feel like there's so many narratives of like having complete control and power over your life, but there's also beauty and letting go of that control and power over your life mm-hmm. and sort of just letting it be. And I think that it's, it's why there's so much like productivity
1: hacks these days, right? Like, yes. Or why every video game well, not every, but so many video games are power fantasies. Exactly, right? Like like we're
0: all trying to maximize our ability to sort of have power and control over everything. When for a lot of things, you just kind of got to let go of that. Um, you know, don't let go of the wheel of a car while it's driving. Please, um, please don't. Yeah, don't do that. But uh, you don't have to micromanage your existence um, just to squeeze in a few more things just because you think it'll get you that control or power you need. Um and you don't need to min-max your character in a video game just so you get that extra bonus or kill streak or can solve that one thing that you need to do, right? Like you don't need the 100 percent some of these things. Like I think it's I mean we're 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 extrapolating pretty heavy on the concept of an omni of of an omnipotent. Is it omnipotent or omniscient? Or are those two different uh, words?
1: Um, those are different words. Omnipotent. Okay. Okay um yeah there's a there's a whole string of of philosophy around god about omnipotence omni omniscience and i don't know if this is actually a word but omnibenevolence sometimes okay um like there's a question of like can can a god be all three things can they be all powerful all-knowing and all good and then the follow-up is then why do terrible things happen in the world Because if they were all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-good, why would they let that happen, right?
0: Right. Well, yeah, I mean, interesting. This brings up two thoughts, right? Like, the idea that maybe at some point, every god realizes that to be all those things is not necessarily impossible, but it's not necessarily the right thing. Um, And then the other thing is uh, Gilgamesh, the myth of Gilgamesh. Mm -hmm. the myth of Gilgamesh deals with a lot of this stuff that you've just described and sort of the, the coming down from the mountain and acceptance of not being all powerful um, and immortal and like all,
1: you know, full Godhood, full spoilers for the myth of Gilgamesh. Yeah. Yep. 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 If for the last, you know, few thousand years, just, just in case you hadn't gotten that one in there. Yeah. Just, just in case. (laughs) Um, But
0: like, Yeah, that is a very interesting concept of like, yeah, I mean, I feel like that is a good point, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I got a feeling like if there were gods, they definitely gave up being gods. It's probably a lot
1: of pressure. Sounds like a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a, huh. Uh, It's like, I feel like it's one of those things with any kind of philosophy, you can easily talk yourself in a circle.
1: Yes. Yes. Which is why I tend to prefer, well, paradoxes like this are fun or things like the trolley problem or, (laughs) um, the grocery cart statement. I don't know. Um, these things are like interesting, but I find they have their limits. It's why I don't always like them in the abstract, like beyond just being like, Oh, I'm just going to like talk about this like random thing with a person, you know? Um, And why I prefer them played out, typically in a narrative. Yeah, because then it's applied, right? Right, right. Like you've like here's here's the thing that happened in our conversation. Right, is we talked about this whole idea of like, okay, is it possible for a an all powerful being to like do this random thing, or would in doing so would that take their omnipotence away? Um, you started playing it out in a narrative you started finding those moments in narratives um to see applications and to see how that sort of felt does that make sense like yes yeah started talking about how that actually like works and we got there like here's the thing um you know we could have just talked about gilgamesh and uh the one and you know hercules giving up power and the myth of of um george washington right right and and like these things and had roughly the same questions answered right like the same actual discussion of like oh right yeah it's like power isn't everything and you know we really value when people willingly give up power and these things these sorts of things right which i find to be a far more important use of a philosophy that's what it's for right like lots of people have problems with politics but politics as far as i'm concerned is ideology and philosophy and morals applied right or an attempt to apply them to our society right and so i think it's really important i find that like philosophy also often doesn't take that next step of actually mm-hmm. talking about it it's just a fun game you know mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's 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 interesting, and I think I think it's worth it for people to put philosophy in their work, and I think it's I wish that we spent more time and valued more in our society thinking about things more deeply in that way. Mm. But only so far in as I hope it lets people communicate better. I hope it lets people make better choices, like. Who cares if everybody knows about the Omnipotence Paradox, if nobody knows about the value of giving up power? Right. So. But I think that's all. That is all, yeah. This episode and this recording block, even. Which for, for listeners, you don't know this, but we didn't think we'd get through all four. We did not. Um, yeah. But we did. We did. We and had we had so actually saved the hard one for last. <laughs> yes. The really hard one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like I was definitely afraid we were going to be so fried that we would, this episode would be like five minutes long, but uh, no, sir. Hey, you got a full episode, everybody. Uh, yeah, it's
1: a little on the longer side, honestly. Yeah.
0: Um, good stuff. Well, that's it for this week, folks. Uh, you can see what movies I'm watching on Letterboxd, uh, Derek Ayello And Dane, where can we find you
1: and your work? Uh, you can find me at danerights.com. That's my name. And then writes, like writing. Um, there's links to my sub stack where you can see said writing, uh, my podcast, music, and Twitter. And check back now and then. There will probably be new stuff there. Woo! hmm
0: All righty. Thanks for uh, sitting in on our Socratic seminar, everybody. Um, (laughs) we'll, uh, We'll catch you next week. Talk to you soon.